Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. You know, it sounds so simple. Paul puts it into three verses and he says, this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. It sounds so simple, but to try and actually live these three things out, it's, it's a lifetime of learning. To pray, to give thanks, to rejoice. I want you to grab your Bibles, have them ready, because we're going to go on a bit of a search on these three topics, these three pills, I'd like to call them. COVID lockdown pills. I'm not, I'm not the most um, happy person to take pills, uh, but uh, sometimes pills are good for us. You know, fish oil tablets, vitamin C, vitamins. And I see these three as uh, three vitamin pills that we could take. And not just through COVID lockdown, but through the situations in life that come our way where we have no control or little control. You know, I think of, um, you know, places around the world, like, for example, Afghanistan. And, and being a woman in that place right now, you'd feel quite powerless. You know, and, and these three pills, if they're taken daily and repeated, will help. Will help with any kind of situation like that. Paul says, always be joyful. Always be joyful. That's the first pill. Rejoice, he says. In other words, always be joyful. You know, joy is something that the Holy Spirit gives every single believer. It's one of the, his fruit. His fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, etc. Joy. Every one of us have joy. The early church were reminded of this joy time and time again by, by, uh, by the apostles and by the Lord. Peter, Peter wrote in 1 Peter uh, 1, 3 to 9 and 1 Peter 4, 12 to 13, that, that the believer should have joy, joy through suffering. And James says at the beginning of his letter, consider it pure joy when you go through and face many trials, many kinds of trials. Consider it pure joy, pure joy. Not just a little bit of joy, but pure joy. It's interesting, you know, because joy, real joy, pure joy, is a valuable commodity in the kingdom of God. I seriously don't believe that we, as believers, grasp the concept of joy. You know, sometimes we think joy is a feeling or an emotion that we have or, or, or something that we experience through an event that, that we like or that excites us. But joy is so much deeper than that. That's a very superficial view of joy. Joy is a valuable commodity in God's kingdom. I want you to turn with me to Romans 14 and verse 17.
Paul is writing to the church in Rome. And um, he's talking about loving and being wise in a certain situation. And in verse 17 in Romans chapter 14, he says these words, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but it is living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a kingdom commodity and it's very valuable. Another scripture that came to mind when I was thinking about joy and how it, how it supersedes any kind of feeling or emotion or euphoria is in Hebrews. And my page is stuck together. In Hebrews chapter 12, we have that beautiful uh, scene of entering into a stadium, you know. Uh, therefore, since uh, verse 1, Hebrews 12 verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. You know, Jesus went through all of that. He focused on the joy ahead of him. He went through the Garden of Gethsemane and the betrayal of Judas and the backstabbing of the religious leaders and the injustice of the whole court proceedings that he went through, being nailed to a cross, the pain, the agony, the separation of him and his father on the cross and the breathing his last, giving up his spirit. He went through all of that for you and for me. But he, the scripture says that it was the joy that was set before him. It was because of that valuable commodity of joy that Jesus knew he could get through this. And I believe the same is for you and I as well. No matter what you go through, those situations that seem out of control or out of your control, grasp hold of rejoicing in the fact that God is above it all and that you belong to him. And just like Jesus prayed in the garden, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And focus on that, that end of the road joy that you're going to experience because you have eternity, the hope of eternity in your heart. No matter what comes your way, no matter what came his way, Jesus focused on joy. This word joy that Paul uses is kara, kara, C-H-A-R-A in uh, Greek, it's obviously spelled different, but it, it talks about having a cheerfulness a calm delight in the awareness of God's grace and favor with you. It, 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 we get our word rejoice from it. Rejoice, which is why Paul uses that word, rejoice. So swallow that pill every day. Praise him. Take, take heart that he has overcome the world and one day you will too. The second pill is the second vitamin pill is pray. P for pray, pray. 
continually pray. Paul says, continually pray. Never stop praying in the New Living Translation. Never stop praying. What? So I'm supposed to walk around all day with my eyes shut, my hands held together like this. How am I supposed to drive a car? How am I supposed to hold conversations with people? That's not what Paul's talking about, right? He's talking about a continual awareness, God consciousness, God surrender throughout your whole day. A continual awareness, a God consciousness, and a God surrender throughout your entire day. Jesus taught his disciples that they should pray, always pray, always pray, and never give up. In Luke 8, sorry, Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus gives the story about this woman that goes to, goes to our court and she's looking for justice and she goes to this unjust judge and she continues to cry out for justice to be done. And eventually he just gives in because he's just tired of her crying out again and again and again. Pray always. Actually, in that Greek word, it talks about a grating cough. It's, this, it's the idea of a grating cough. Not that, not that you should continue to annoy God with the cough, but it brings the idea of this is something that needs to be ongoing. You know, it's not just a, I'll just pray before every meal, or I'll just pray in the morning during my quiet time with God. And, and when I say amen, that's when I close the door. It's not that. It's a continual, after we say amen, it's a continual realization and God consciousness that he is with you, that he is always with you, and surrender to him throughout the whole day. In other words, it's not just praying with your words, but it's praying with your mind and praying with your life. Like this decision that I'm making right now, is it what God would want me to do? Well, no one's, no one's looking, but is it what God would want me to do? It's that kind of awareness. Does that make sense? It's a familial relationship of prayer throughout your day. I often say to people that uh, ask me for advice on different things, I'll say, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Or they'll ask me to pray for them for something. And, and I'll, I'll say, have you prayed about it? Because that's the best thing you can do for someone is to get them to pray, to talk to God, have this God consciousness and God surrender throughout the whole day. Jesus prayed continually. Do you know that? I mean, we see in the Bible different times where Jesus got away and he went up onto a mountaintop or, uh, you know, he, he found some quiet place and he prayed. But Jesus prayed continually. I want to take it just to one particular scene that I see in Luke chapter 3. And uh, it's Jesus' baptism. Okay. And, and Jesus comes up to um, John the Baptist for baptism. Luke chapter 3 and um, verse 21. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened. Isn't it interesting just to notice that word there, as he was praying? So he was being baptized as he was praying the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son 
and you bring me great joy. There's this conversation. There's this continual father awareness that Jesus had throughout his whole entire ministry. You know, he would say things like, I, I only do what I see the father doing, or I only say what I hear the father saying. And he had this continual awareness of the presence of God with him. And in fact, in Luke and in other gospels too, it talks about how the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove. It's really beautiful. I've heard this sort of analogy before. My, my pop had a budgie called Mickey. And the budgie, he would sometimes let it out and it'd fly around. And it would love to land on your head. And if you wanted it to stay on your head, then you'd have to be very, very careful. You know, if you wanted to walk somewhere, you couldn't just go there quickly. You had to walk there carefully with the, with the idea that you want to keep the bird on your head. And, and it's a bit of a silly analogy, but it kind of brings it, brings it home because what, wherever I go or whatever decisions I make, or however I'm going to speak to somebody or parent my children or treat my wife, I have to have this awareness that the Holy Spirit is with me, that God is with me, and I don't want him to leave me. I want to have that fellowship with him. Does that make sense? So it's like this whole day of God awareness that he is with me. And, and Jesus, um, obviously the beautiful model of how that works in, in life. And so he would face any situation or any person or, you know, and, and he would know exactly what to do for that person, exactly how to share the gospel with that person, exactly what to say, exactly how to heal, you know, different, different situations because he was in communion with the Father, praying continually. And you and I can do that too. In fact, that's what God wants for us to do. He wants us to walk in the light as he is in the light, have fellowship with one another. So pray continually. Jesus did that. In fact, Hebrews 5, 7 says that he offered up prayers continually while he was on earth. All right, that's the second pill. The third vitamin pill we take is the G1, which is standing for, stands for give thanks. Give thanks. Paul says, be thankful in all circumstances not be thankful for all circumstances he says be thankful in all circumstances now this is a tough pill to swallow right to be thankful in all circumstances there's this uh, psalm that often people would start leading worship services with and it would be um, this is the day the lord has made we will Rejoice and be glad in it. You know, it's good. It's easy to be glad in a church service, but sometimes days come our way where it's hard to rejoice and be glad in it because it's just full of all kinds of mess and chaos and hard and difficult situations, difficult people. And there could be pain. There could be suffering. There could be loss. There could be grief. There could be guilt, there could be depression, there could be all kinds of darkness coming against you. To be thankful in that is very difficult. It has to be a choice. And it has to be a choice that is empowered by God in you. 
to be thankful in all circumstances. It's very, very tricky. It has to be an attitude of gratitude. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Just the simplicity of being thankful in all circumstances. Luke chapter 17, we see a a group of guys uh, and they happen to have leprosy. In verse 11, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You know, these 10 lepers, they all received cleansing, but one of them received healing. All 10 of them could go to the priest and the priest could look over them, like it says in Leviticus 14 about lepers and being cleansed. And they could all go to the priest and they could all show that they were cleansed by Jesus, healed by Jesus of their leprosy. But this man came back with thanks. And that thanks was a key that unlocked another level of his healing. You see, we don't notice it so much in English. But where it says in verse 19 that Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. That word healed means saved, healed, delivered and made whole. It's the same word in in John chapter 10, verse 10. It's it's talking about where John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. This man received forgiveness of sin. This man received salvation because he came and gave thanks to God for what God had done for him. It's such a picture. This is such a picture of salvation in Jesus. You know, it's one thing to know that your sins are forgiven, but it's another thing to respond in thanks and praise to a God who's given everything for us. Amen. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks in all circumstances? Really? In all circumstances? That's tough pill to swallow. It's really tough. Because sometimes it's hard to be joyful in all circumstances. Sometimes it's hard to pray in all circumstances. Sometimes it's hard to give thanks in all circumstances. But with the help of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will find the strength. He will give you the strength to pray. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that if we don't even know what to pray, He will pray on our behalf with words that we don't understand to God the Father for us. He will intercede on behalf of us. 
when we, when we don't know how to give thanks, we just have to look at the cross. And surely thanks and praise will come out from what God has done through Jesus to bring not just forgiveness of our sins, but a life of abundance, abundant life, life to the full. Even if I don't feel like it, I need to take these pills every day. And so do you. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. And you know what? There's something else here that I think that we need to know or someone needs to know tonight is that these pills, these vitamin pills of, of rejoicing and praying and giving thanks continually is not just for you. All right. It's not just something that will help you in your health as a believer. All right. To, to, to grow you and to, to mature you in your trust of God when the hard situations come. But these things, these three Three vitamin pills are actually something that we can use in the offensive against the devil and his tactics in our life. RPG, rejoice, pray, give thanks. Also stands for rocket propelled grenade. Remember this, because when it comes to rejoicing and praying and giving thanks, these are actually weapons that we can use against the powers of darkness that come against us. Our weapons are, uh, they demolish strongholds. Not, we don't build our own walls up. As Christians, we demolish walls with our praise and our thanks and our prayer. I want you to turn to 2, um, two Chronicles chapter 20. It's a familiar story. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we have Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat is going to war. And um, let's have a look at it in um, verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. There's prayer. He also ordered everyone in Jerusalem, uh, sorry, in Judah, to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah, verse 5, and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. And he goes on and prays. He continues on and down to verse 12. He says, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. And so what happens is he ends up getting, um, getting into the, to the war. And, and who is it that he sends ahead first? All right, let's have a look in verse 20. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. He appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. 
singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. God set ambushes in front of them as they were praising him. You know, I think that's a real message for us or for you if you're going through a situation where it's out of control and it feels like you're in lockdown spiritually, not just physically. Just start praising him. Just rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Pray continually. Keep that communication with God open. Set your eyes on him and give thanks in all circumstances because he is God, right? He is above any situation that you find. Any circumstance that you find, he is above it all. So through it all, set your heart on him. Give thanks. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. They are tough to swallow because our flesh often says that doesn't make sense. No, I, I can't give thanks to God for that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying give thanks in it. I can't pray about this. I'm not sure what to say. That's okay. The Holy Spirit will help you. Rejoice. Be joyful always. How can I be joyful in this situation? I don't know, but Jesus was setting his focus on joy while he was paying for your sins and my sins on the cross. It's a valuable commodity that we all should focus on. This is God's will for you, Paul says, for all who believe in Jesus. Rejoice, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Let's give thanks right now. Father, we thank you so much that we can set our hearts on you. And Lord, this week, we don't know what it's got, but you do. We don't know what kind of things are going to come against us, but you do. And we just thank you so much, God, that you're above it. We thank you for your power, for your strength, for your love. And God, we thank you so much that we can actually come to you in joy, knowing that you are on the throne and that we can come to you in prayer any moment of the day. Lord, help us to be aware of you, God, when we go through those times where it's tricky, where it's tough, where we're out of control in some way, shape or form. And help us, God, to find ways to be thankful in all circumstances. And we thank you, God, that you are with us and you never leave us and you are strong and mighty. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.